changing into something not human. Yeah. Also, a very real fear of uh, yes, like a, pre pubescent children. Fe- fear of people is it, it, children is turning into the monsters they're afraid of, mm-hmm. aka know. adults. Hey, roaches and worms. I'm Toddy Tondera, and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour through secondhand items, searching for vibrant vintage, useful unusuals, big budget bangers, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week, we curate a thrift haul, dive into the details, play some games, and maybe even a few surprises. I'm still sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? No, 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 no. We do not have a smoke machine running. That is our natural spooky essence as we dive into another episode of Thrifty. Secondhand shopping for worm people. Now this week we have a lot of spooky events on the horizon. It is Haunted Theater Roach Ritual Part 2. Now, are you, if you are listening to part two before you're listening to part one, I always say you have a screw loose in your brain and the brain water is all slushing around. But if that is indeed the case, last week for Haunted Theater Roach R- Ritual Part 1, I myself read number 10, Diary of a Mad Mummy of the R.L. Stein's Give Yourself Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure books. This week for part two... I'm welcoming back the ghoulie jalopy, Lucas Sloppy, artist, filmmaker, podcaster, host of Fake Ritual. And this week, Lucas and I are going deep into the jungle of doom. So I hope your cauldron is still hot from the hot coals that we lit last week. Uh, I hope your teeth are still sharpened like a vampire. And we've already adjusted our dials to scary. It's time for Lucas from Fake Ritual to see what we have in store for us. Go for it. All right. Well, I have here... The book you read was number 10. This yeah. is number 11. Oh, so it's right after. Never yep, re- Deep in the Jungle of Doom. Never recognized. We have a purple creature from the Black Lagoon on the cover here, uh, crawling from the water, licking his lips. And the uh, right up on the back, it's really a jungle out there. You're headed to a South American jungle with your nature study class. Totally normal. <laughs> Everything seems pretty cool at first, but then you start to get bored. Where's the beach? Where's the excitement? So you and your friend decide to do a little exploring on your own. We're the babes. Yeah. 
that's when you see. I'd like to imagine too. My friend is like a Polly Shore type. Sure. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when you see something so freaky. All you want to do is get out of there. If you run screaming down one trail, you'll end up at a waterfall with a creepy underground cave. If you choose the other trail, you'll eat some fruit that turns you into a crazy-looking sea monster. Okay. Will you get back to normal before things start to get really fishy? The choice is yours in this scary Goosebumps adventure that's packed with over tw- 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 20 super spooky endings. Dang. One more spookier than the last. Reader, beware. You choose the scare. All right. So we're going to choose We're gonna choose our own pathway. Well, I'm going to choose our pathway through this. And just as I mentioned last week, roaches, worms, listeners, as we choose our way through this story at home, in your car, wherever you are at work, make sure you pick where you would go because we may be wrong and get ourselves killed in this tale, but you may pick the right way. So make sure you yell at us. Be vulgar. It's fine. But this is R.L. Stein's Goosebumps Haunted Theater Part 2. All right, Junior Explorers, I direct your attention to this magnificent specimen of Bromeliad Eichmia. Great way to start a children's book with yeah. Latin. Yeah. On and on, the guide, Mrs. Weedle, drones. You can't believe you're stuck on a nature study tour. When you saw the brochure for the Junior Explorer Adventure Club at the front desk of your hotel, it looked great. Three days hiking in the jungle with 10 other kids your age and a quote, experienced jungle guide. How cool. Come on, you begged your parents. We're in South America and you want me to sit by the pool all day? I could do that at home. Why did you take me to a foreign country if you didn't want to expose me to new things? You're rich in this story, Toddy, because you got a pool at home. You're in South America on vacation. Ooh, I have a family. You have a family. I have a family. That's even You're rich in many ways. Cool. Now you wish your parents had said no. At least your best friend Zoe is with you on the hike. And even though the guide is, is as boring as possible, the jungle is pretty cool. Heavy vines hang crisscrossed over the trail. Strange and beautiful flowers in deep colors sprout from every side. As you follow behind Zoe, you notice a strange spiky flower with bright blue petals off to the side of the trail. Absent-mindedly, you reach out to touch it. A sudden breeze makes the bright blue petals shiver. No! The flower screams. You pull your hand back at the last second. Race to page two. Whoa. Stuff happened already. <laughs> no! <laughs> the scream continues. Don't touch that flower. Oh, it's only Mrs. Weedle. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> what an, you're also an idiot in this story because yeah. <laughs> you thought the flower was screaming at you. <laughs> <laughs> you start off pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's wrong, you ask? Is it poisonous? Does it shoot venom or something cool? Of course not, Mrs. Weedle huffs. That flower is an endangered species. You could have killed it. She turns and and marches back to the front of the group. Whew, that was a close one, Zoe says, brushing the bangs away from her eyes. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. For a second there, I thought something exciting was actually going to happen. Zoe's cool. Way cool. Sounds cool. Yeah, that's one of the reasons she's your best friend. No shit. She has a sarcastic (laughs) remark for every situation, and she's not scared of anything. Zoe does. She sounds pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why you know she's just as anxious as you are to break away from the group and do some real exploring. Just a moment ago, through the trees, you saw something else that was definitely worth checking out. There it is again, off to the right, about 20 yards away. Incredible. Your heart skips a beat at what you see. Find out 
what it is on page 37. Making moves already. What do you think it is? Uh, Something sand-based. Maybe a sand creature. About 20 yards off to the right, through the crisscrossing branches and leaves of the jungle, you see a bush. Nah. A big bush of vines with feet. Oh, it's a Tangela, the Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah. Mrs. Weedle, too. Yeah. There's a lot of Pokemon references. Professor Oak's coming up. That's right. Two clawed feet carved in stone are sticking out from under the clinging vines. You figure it could be one of those tribal ruins in the jungle you've read about. You heard there used to be some pretty dangerous tribes of headhunters in the area. You're dying to find out if they still exist. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm dying to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally not a stereotype that has been yeah. super cliched yeah. at this point. But anyways, you yeah. know, we're here to have fun. Headhunters shrink people's heads, and they make sacrifices to ancient statues carved in stone. At least that's what you've heard. <laughs> Mrs. Weedle would have everyone thinking the most dangerous thing in the jungle was a bee, or maybe an aphid. They eat endangered plants. Wow, a nice aphid pool. Oh, yeah. Like, in the 90s, as a child, you, for some reason, the trope was, in general, that you were, like, anti-science and anti-nature, too. Yeah. It was always like, ugh, what are we going to do about plants? Leaves. Yeah. Leaves, who cares? Yeah. Zoe, you call up to her. Look over there. There's something weird about that bush. I wish we could go check it out. I've got an idea, Zoe says, with a gleam in her eye. You've been friends with Zoe for almost your entire life, and you know that when you see that gleam in her eye, it means you're about to get into trouble, usually a fun kind of trouble. Heck but yeah. always big trouble. Heck yeah. Find out what kind of trouble on page 64. Zoe seems like uh, possibly a bad influence, but a bad influence in a good way, because at a young age, you may be exposed to things that you might be exposed to later in life but since you have such a daring friend you might get your wits about you a little early mm-hmm. so that may help you in this story and i think yeah i, I have a feeling we're gonna see zoe is also a pretty smooth talker yeah people like that and so if there's any be, kind like, of monstery stuff or like any time if we have to talk ourselves out of the situation the cool kid probably will do it oh mrs weedle zoe calls out the group comes to a halt what was the name of that extremely rare flower you were describing this morning? The one that all the famous scientists are searching for? That's Mrs. Weedle for you. <laughs> you mean the Amaryllis Caritatlocus? Is that the one with the weird twisting orange petals and the blue stems, Zoe asks innocently? Yes, indeed, Mrs. Weedle answer, answers. She starts to wring her fingers excitedly. What about the what about the Caritatlocus? So much Latin. Yeah. I saw it, Zoe nearly shouts. I really did. Where, where? Mrs. Weedle does a happy little jump. I think it was over there, Zoe says, pointing back to the path. Or maybe it was that way, she says, pointing to the left of the group. We should split up and search for it, you suggest. All the kids start talking at once. Now's your chance to sneak away. All right. Sneak over to page 42. Sneaking over to page 42 because we ourselves have to check out that weird bush with feet, I guess. You and Zoe dash off the path into the jungle. You hear Mrs. Weedle yelling behind you, Quiet! You can picture her, red-faced and out of breath. All the noise settles down, and Mrs. Weedle starts talking again. You stay very still and listen from your hiding place behind a big tree. We've got two hours of hiking left to get to our campground for tonight. That gives us until 3 o'clock to find that Caritat locus. Now, everyone, follow me! 
It huh. worked. They're yeah. looking for that flower. It's like Miss Frizzle from uh, Magic School Bus, the cartoon. But she only. never lost kids and didn't notice. No. She just shrank kids. They went inside like dinosaur noses and then came out yeah. and they were ready for lunch. Uh, it worked. I'm that. They're looking for that flower. And as long as you look, as long as you hook back up with them before three o'clock, they may never know you're gone. Zoe, did you really see that Carrie, Tat, Loka, whatever? No way, she says, grinning from ear to ear. But now, now we get to explore. Dang, she's a smooth talker. You were yeah. right. She was like, hey, rare flower over All there, like, Miss oh. Weedle. And then Miss Weedle was like, sure, let's go check it out. And she's like, no, nah, there was nothing. We're free, though. You make your way through the dense leaves and vines toward the stone feet that caught your eye before. Here it is, Zoe, you shout. There must be a statue underneath these vines. You both get a good grip on the creeping vines and yank them back. Your blood, your blood runs cold at what you see. Ooh. Rush to page 47. Blood runs cold. So let's see what happens here. The creeping vines fall to either side of the statue. A hideous gargoyle carved out of gleaming white stone grins out at you. It has crazy, bulging eyes and long, sharp teeth. It looks like some kind of a mutant cat creature. That's really creepy, Zoe says. It gives me the shivers just looking at it. Then you hear something else. It sounds like a low, deep growl. It sounds like it's coming from the statue. You feel a hot blast of stale-smelling air on your face. That's when you notice the bits and pieces of plaster falling away from the statue. What's going on, you think? You shake your head and blink your eyes, but it doesn't help. The great stone beast lifts one of its clawed forepaws and slices at some vines still clumped around it. They fall in pieces to the ground. Run, Zoe screams, grabbing at you. But which way? There are two paths leading away from where you are. Uh oh. Down the path, on the left, you see a small pool and a waterfall. Maybe you could swim away from the beast. To the right, you see a clearing with heavy sticks and rocks. To fight the beast with sticks and stones, run to page 11. Or to try your luck with the water. Rush to page 68. And as Toddy said Ugh. in our last episode, listeners at home, please scream out loud. As loud as you can. As loud as you can, with zero regard for those around you, what decision we should make. Fight the monster with sticks and stones, or are we go into the water? Now that you've screamed out loud, we will decide. Um, so, elephant in the room is... I don't think we're going to beat this monster with sticks and stones, but I'm also afraid to run to the water because that seems like that's not going to be, there's not going to be anything there unless we run to the water and then we find something at in the water that could possibly defeat the beast is the only reason I would go to the, the water in real life. I'd be out of there. I'd be going to the water. But in R.L. Stein book, as we've mentioned uh, last week and also just out loud, you kind of sometimes have to take the tricky way because the tricky way is sometimes the way to go. Um, so in real life, I would run to the water, but it's 2022, and we were reading Goosebumps in my living room, and we're going to fight that monster with sticks and stones. So let's go for it. The stone beast is right behind you. This way, Zoe, you call as you race down the path that leads to the clearing. You know you can scare the gargoyle with the heavy sticks and stones you see on the ground. Roar! The beast's voice explodes through the jungle. Birds send out warning calls to each other. Your heart races even faster than your feet. You stumble into the clearing. The ground is covered in fine green grass. The sticks on the grass are just the size of baseball bats. Whoa. Quick, Zoe shouts to you. Grab a stick. 
She has already armed herself with a heavy, heavy club from the ground. Out of the corner of your eye, you see a high table off to the side. Some weird little balls are hanging off the tabletop. Whoa, do we but got you, like some kind of altar just randomly there? But you don't have time to check them out. Instead, you reach down and pick out a stick and a nice softball-sized stone. You spin around to face the beast. Growling deeply, the gargoyle bears its teeth. It rips through the air with five razor-sharp claws. Then it pounces into the clearing. Ooh. Turn to page 48 and get ready to rumble. All right. Uh, a couple of things I've noticed on that page is uh, there's a reference to, say, sticks as big as baseball bats, and then there is something else that's the size of softballs. So it's interesting that there is a baseball and a softball reference. Bit of a mixed metaphor. A little bit of a mixed metaphor. Mm -hmm. But, hey, it's R.L. Stein. I guess maybe it's like, at least growing up, it was like uh, the girls tended to play softball. Yeah. Boys tend to so play it's baseball. a little bit. It's a little bit of for so both. Maybe he's just trying to like. Hey. I will say, uh, baseball bats are just big sticks, aren't they? They are. Yeah. That's very astute. Yeah. The beast takes two steps toward you and Zoe. When suddenly it gives a yelp and starts to tremble. The gargoyle stops looking less like a fierce monster and more like a scared puppy dog. Got so it. it actually it starts looking less like a fierce monster and more like a scared puppy dog. Sorry, R.L. Stein. Yeah. But Close enough. We're going to edit you there. It looks terrified. Whining and with its tail between its legs, the gargoyle backs up and runs away. You're so shocked you drop your club. I can't believe it, you shout to Zoe. What happened? It looked like it was afraid of something, Zoe exclaims. Maybe it can't go into direct sunlight, or maybe it's afraid of the grass. Haha, very funny, you retort as you cast your eyes around the clearing. That's when you notice the wooden table you glanced at before. You get a funny feeling about it. Maybe the gargoyle was afraid of this table, you wonder aloud as you stroll over to the ancient table. What's so scary about a table, Zoe asks, sarcastically, pushing her heavy brown bangs out of her eyes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. You sure? (laughs) You bend down to examine the enormous wooden table. That's when you realize that the table is decorated with shrunken heads. Uh Uh-oh. Shrunken human heads. Some some uh, we are in South a- South America after all, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every everywhere you see those things. So it is some form of altar of some kind or some storage head storage table. But there's something going on with this table, and I have a feeling that this monster might have something to do with it. Now I don't know what's happening in this story yeah, yet. I have no clue what's happening right now. <laughs> but I'll tell you what: is it possible that we're going to run into a big baddie? that has some type of magic powers that made that monster alive, that hmm. maybe woke in that beast, and they also do head stuff. Head uh, stuff. Head stuff. I've heard about head stuff. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they do some head stuff too, so we shall see. I could be wrong, but I don't know. All right, we raced on over to page 110. Zoe, you yell, there are shrunken heads on this table. Let me see, Zoe bends down next to you. The table is made out of old, cracked wood. A basket on the tabletop overflows with bananas, oranges, and pears. Mm. The little heads hang off the tabletop by red strings. Their skin is wrinkled and yellow, almost like old, dried-up apples. Couple dried-up skin stuff, two books in a row. Mm. That is 10 and 11, because my book was 10, yours is 11, so dried skin stuff, two books in a row. was feeling it. Yeah. Each head has a surprised expression on its tiny face, I bet. Too creepy, Zoe explains. (laughs) Let's not stick around. I agree, you say. I wanted to have an adventure, but having my head shrunk wasn't exactly what I had in mind. 
You start to stand up and walk away from the strange table when you smell something delicious. It smells fantastic. What's that smell, you ask Zoe? It's the weird fruit in that basket, she replies. You turn back to the table. The fruit smells so good, you can't believe it. It's the most wonderful scent you've ever smelled in your life. Your mouth starts to water. You can almost taste the sugary flavor of fruit upon your tongue. You have to have some of that fruit. You don't care what else you do. You have to taste that fruit. You reach out with your hand and pick up a beautiful green pear. You sink your teeth into it. Dang, no no choice given. No, no, no. You're eating the fruit. Quick, turn to page 65. So you see some delicious fruit by some shrunken heads, and you can't avoid it. Maybe it's like one of those, it's not quite a mirage. It's real. I'm saying it's 100% real, but you've never seen this luscious fruit before. So it's like you magically just have to start eating yeah, it. Yeah, some pan's labyrinth stuff. Yeah. You chew on the pear that you took from the basket on the table. It's delicious, cool, and sweet. The pear, drew, the pear juice dribbles down your chin. I can't believe you did that, Zoe's a little crazed. You don't know where the fruit came from. It could be poison or something. Maybe all these people ate the fruit, she gestures to the shrunken heads. I couldn't help myself, you explain, taking an, another greedy mouthful. It smells so good. I couldn't resist. I don't think it's poisoned, you assure her. It tastes too good to be poisoned. Hmm. <laughs> but only moments after you've swallowed the second pulpy Famous, mouthful of pear, you famous start to last feel words. <laughs> famous last words of a pear eater. <laughs> you gr- the ground begins to twist under your feet. The trees loom over you, casting twirling shadows down on you. The, the leaves on the trees are doing pirouettes. Zoe's face is spinning, spinning, spinning. What's happening to you? You hear her desperate cry. Spin to page 94. That's wild. This sounds like a bad trip I had. It does. One yeah. St. Patrick's Day, for sure. I uh, I had smoked weed that was laced with something once upon a time, and I didn't know it was laced with something once upon a time on St. Patrick's Day, again, a decade or so ago. And uh, I had to lock myself in a bathroom because anytime I looked at someone, their head would shrink and explode, shrink and explode, shrink and explode. So the only relief that I would feel is if I closed my eyes and sat in the bathroom, but there was a bird in a cage in there and it was <laughs> tripping me the fuck out. Yeah. It was tripping me out. So this kind of sounds like that, but go on. Damn. Yeah. Can you hear me? Are you okay? Zoe asks anxiously, leaning over you. You fall into the ground. The pear rolled out of your hand and is sitting in the grass. It feels as if a bomb went off inside your head. Your whole body feels sore and a little tingly. I think I'm okay, you say to Zoe, but instead of words, what comes out is a blubbery howl. Oh no, Zoe cries in horror. I can't believe it. Her eyes look as if they might pop out of her head. She is pale and trembling. You move toward her. You want to tell her everything is okay, but she backs away. And then Zoe, your best friend in the whole world, turns away from you and runs, screaming into the jungle. Zoe, wait, you try to call out, but you just make more disturbing bleeding sounds. Your throat is filled with some kind of goop that keeps you from speaking clearly. Bleeding sounds is cool. Uh, Why would she run away like that, you wonder? She looked really scared as if I were a monster or something. That's when you see your hands and let out a scream of your own. Your skin, your skin has changed. What do you think that sound? What do you think that's a bleeding sound? Like a goop in your throat. Um, I'm thinking it's more of like a watery sound because yeah. it sounds like that you're changing into the creature that's on the cover. Yeah. Now, once again, two books in a row, changing into something not human. Yeah. Because also a very 
real fear of uh, yes, like a, pre pubescent a children. Fe- fear of people is it, it, children is turning into the monsters they're afraid of, mm-hmm. aka know. adults. Yeah, <laughs> and we I all still done hate it. it every day. I'm turning <laughs> into more of an adult. It's We've awful. all done it. We've all done it. It sucks. Yeah. All right, we got a choice at the bottom of this. Baby. Cool. Get ready, everybody. Choices are coming. You look down at your hands. What used to be soft pink skin is now rubbery gray flesh. Thin, transparent webbing connects each of your fingers, and each finger ends in a sharp claw. Yep, you're on the cover of this book. How could this have happened? You have turned into a monster. You reach up to feel your face. It's different than it used to be. Instead of a nose, you feel two little air holes, and your eyes have grown. They're huge. You blink, and two clear flaps of skin skim over the surface of your gigantic eyes. A spiky ridge juts out from the top of your head like a scaly mohawk. Before you can even ponder what to do next, you hear the sound of someone walking through the jungle. You don't think it's Zoe either. She took off in the other direction. What could it be? Who could it be? Maybe it's someone who could help. Somebody put that basket of fruit there and hung those shrunken heads. Maybe they would know how to get you back to normal again. Mm, I don't I don't know. What? Say that's true. Say that is true. That's exactly true. What you're thinking is true. I don't think you want to have a conversation with that person. They have shrunken heads. You've seen them. And you yourself are a creature from the Black Lagoon, just like on the cover. Yeah. So I don't think I want to be fucking with them, but we yeah. shall see. It's like, man, I wonder what happened to my wallet. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the person who robbed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And again, looking like you do, maybe you should hide. Yeah. They're coming closer. You can hear them humming. Humming. Quick. Make up your mind. To get help from the person who is coming, turn to page seven. To hide, turn to page 124. Well, folks listening, are we going to attempt to connect with the person on their way who possibly put the fruit bowl and shrunken heads there? Or are we going to try to get out of Dodge? All right, scream, and we'll see if we can hear you. They want us to get away. They want us to get away. Yeah, they we're going to get, get away. away. Yeah. We just like blew yeah. a few listeners' minds. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. 124, page 124. Uh-huh. We hear you. We, we're, we're we getting heard there. you. 124, we're on. Jared. Yeah, Jared, we're on the way. <laughs> and Bet- Betty. <laughs> it's hard I'm to sure come up with names. I'm sure there's a Betty who listens somewhere. Yeah. Uh, mm. The footsteps are coming closer and closer. Quickly, you duck under the table. The shrunken heads hanging down form a curtain. <laughs> That's fucking nasty. Ew. You pray you can't be seen. Oh, you're a praying, yeah. praying kind of person. Well, I think prayers are coming. Once you turn into a monster. That's true. I'll pray. Prayer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll At that praying. point, God very well might be real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You watch from under the table as three pairs of legs enter the clearing. All three are wearing khaki pants and army boots. What an odd. Oh, shit. I got to do an accent. What an odd little clearing, says a, Brit- <laughs> a British sounding woman's voice. I'm usually better at accents than that. You see a woman bend down and touch the earth. She's wearing a full set of khaki fatigues and carrying a long hunting rifle. She's a hunter. A jolt of fear blasts down your spine. What if she sees you? Good she might think you're an animal and shoot you. Some kids were here. Some, some kids were here, she declares, patting the ground. <laughs> Why, that's absurd, another British-sounding voice answers. Why would children be in the heart of the jungle? James, the, I'm going Australian, but whatever. The woman declares sharply. <laughs> she kneels on the ground. I am Gwen Shrip, the world-famous hunter. I know the footprint of a sneaker when I see one. 
I'm pretty sure Brits would call them tennis shoes. But yeah, tennis. Yeah. yeah. I knew I should never have brought you on this expedition. You're right, Gwen, dear. James <laughs> apologizes. That's when Gwen, the world-famous hunter, turns and sees you hiding under the table. <gasps> she quickly raises her gun. Duck out of the way on page 115. Bullets fired? Maybe two two books in a row? Two weeks Seriously, in a row? Seriously, I'm like, this two one's- Two thrifties a, in a row? You're not getting many- uh, choices here you're just like i'll tell you what if i saw a table with shrunken heads and then a monster hiding under it oh i don't know i guess i might get a gun out i would point the gun yeah i'm gonna point the gun yeah the hunter is raising her gun towards you you don't have a moment to lose you jump out from beneath the table and bound into the jungle you're you're into the dense leaves and vines before the hunters can stop you. Their reflexes are slow. They're probably still shocked by the way you look. Even Gwen Shrip looks stunned. Her mouth hangs open, but only for a moment. Quickly, after it, Gwen commands. But what is it? <laughs> her Shoot it! Her, what a bottle. Uh, <laughs> it appears to be some new species of amphibian, you hear the hunter reply. Whatever it is, I'm going to get it. Keep running to page 101 as fast as you can. Nothing about the heads. They don't care about the shrunken heads they see. They're like, we see those any day. Crazy day, isn't it? We got a choice coming. Choice on the way. You race through the jungle at an amazing speed. Your legs are suddenly stronger than ever before. You can also see much better than before. It's probably because your your eyes are so big. The hunters are right on your trail. Bang! A bullet whizzes through the air. They're shooting at you. You've got to get away. To the left, you see a big flower hidden by heavy vines. You could hide in it. That's big. Mm. Or you could keep running. You're not sure how you know it, but some weird new sense you have tells you that there's water ahead. Maybe. So run to the water. Because you're an amphibian. Or hide inside the huge flower. (sighs) Uh, Water or hide inside the huge flower? Well, if you now have gills and webbed feet, I think you'd be going to the water. Let's go to the water, right, folks? Right, folks listening? Water? Jared, I, who, I hear who you, Mike. Are we talking to Mike? Mike, yeah. Mike is saying go to the water. Let's go to the water. Betty, this time we're actually we're not listening to yeah. you now, Betty. So. Yeah, she's turned it off. Uh, turn to page 108. Yeah. So hopefully. That flower did seem like you're going to, that's going to kill you. That doesn't <laughs> that's seem gonna like. kill you. Well, we haven't known much about this flower, right? We, we don't know. We can't just jump in something we don't know. Uh-oh. We're turning into in a, jungle? A, a fish person. So water could be the safest. You can sense that you're near water, so you keep running. Bullets rip through the leaves all around you. Bang, bang, a beach. You leap out of the heavy foliage of the jungle onto the banks of a swift river. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's really Australian, but whatever. Gwen Shrip cries, don't let it get to the water. To the water. Water. <laughs> The bullets whiz at you from every direction. You kick off your sneakers. So you're still, so you're still, you're still wearing bullets. So you're still firing bullets. There's you're still bullets firing fly. bullets, yeah. and you were still in your you're wearing sneakers, which is a incredible. Like the idea of the creature from the Black Lagoon, but in he's clothes. like in kids in his bugle boy shirt and his yeah. big do- maybe a big dog shirt. Maybe a big dog. I big mean, you're on vacation, <laughs> so it's a big dog. Shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you kick off your sneakers and dive into the water. Your feet are webbed too. You can swim incredibly well. You cut through the water away from Gwen, Gwen Shrip, the world famous hunter. 
The river is cold, but it feels wonderful on your gooey skin. Your gigantic eyes immediately adjust to the darkness of the muddy river. You realize you can breathe underwater. The cool water flows through the gills on the side of your head. That's what I thought. For the first time since you bit that strange fruit, all is calm and quiet around you, but not for long. A snap from behind you. A set of teeth clamps down on your leg. You try cry out that in was surprise. Quick. What now? That was kind of cool, though. I love the idea of... Of finally finding some serene moment and then... But I'm... Correct. Our amph- amphibians have lungs, right? Uh, and yeah. And they hold, yeah, hold yeah. their breath, or do they breathe in water and yeah, on land? Yeah, the gills, you breathe in and out. Yeah. They can do both. Yeah. Huh. Well, I don't know particularly what we can do, like this alien monster amphibian can do but yes that there's some both happening in real life that was a nice little paragraph yeah but uh Hmm. now you got teeth on your leg turn to page 72 all right let's see so it seems like we've been deciding okay yeah again yes because again arl stein's not a jerk he doesn't make you turn a bunch of pages without a choice and then just kill you after you read so much he likes to reward Mm -hmm. reading it's an alligator Oh, this jungle boy. river is swarming with them. The Uh-oh. alligator tugs you down to the river bottom. Its teeth are clamped down around your leg. As hard as you kick and wrestle, you can't shake it loose. Strangely, it doesn't really hurt, but you are starting to get angry. You flip the gator over and bite it on the neck. Let's After go. all, you have a full set of sharp monster teeth. Let's go. Immediately, the alligator lets go of you and swims away. Yes! You just fought off an alligator. The kids at school will never hurt. believe that one. It didn't hurt. Now, all you've got to do is get back to school so you can tell them. It's time to go and straighten all of this out. You are sure that once Mrs. Weedle and the others realize who you are, they will help you figure out how to turn back into a human. The answer must lie on the table with the fruit. In a couple of deft strokes, you reach the shore of the river. You pull yourself out of the water and stand on the shore. Gasp. Your gills huff and puff uselessly. Your eyes sting. You can't breathe. You're suffocating. Yep. Then we found out. We're fully transformed. Yeah. Fully transformed. Like the water almost did. Like getting in the water. Well, we got in the water and like we kind of hit like amphibian maturity in the water. And we were like, oh, this is how we breathe. This is how we see. Now you're out of the water and you're like, oh, no, I should be in there. Yeah. Gasp! You can't breathe on dry land anymore. It makes no sense. You were just walking around and breathing a few minutes ago. It's like your transformation into a fish monster is finally complete. Dizziness overtakes you. You collapse on the ground. Suddenly it occurs to you. You've got to make it back into the water. Or you can breathe through your gills. Inch by inch, you pull yourself back to the river's edge. Plop. You throw yourself into the racing water. What a joy it is to have the cold, clear water streaming through your gills. I guess I won't be getting any help from Mrs. Weedle. You sigh to yourself as you paddle down the river, unless she comes in for a dip. It turns out to be a pretty good life living in the river. There are plenty of small fish to eat, and sometimes you even hunt alligators. Whenever humans come swimming, you try to explain to them who you are, but as soon as you get their attention, they never stick around long enough to find out. They might not know who you used to be, but they know who you are now. You're a legend. Famous throughout the world. They call you the abominable fish monster. The end. That's the end? <laughs> yeah. Let's go. That wasn't bad, right? That was pretty cool. So He seems pretty chill about it, too. Doesn't miss his parents? Fuck Zoe. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Miss. I mean, you don't have to go to school anymore. You don't have, you don't to, have to, to work anymore. Um, you're endangered. 
you're in danger you're an endangered species so that's pretty cool so the cool thing about this one is is much like last week's uh, diary of the mummy you kind of turn into the thing you kind of turn into the thing but that one was a bad thing. thing It seemed like he was upset by that, or I was upset by that. Yeah, I was the character in the book, but in this, you kind of lucked out and became like a cool. Yeah, it you just you just live on vacation as this amphibian now. You're a legend. So, fucking legend, man. In other endings, what do you possibly think was another ending? Mm. Like, what's going on with that fruit? What do you think's going on with that fruit? Who do you think these explorers were that were hunters? Do you think maybe there's an ending where they kill you? I think they maybe have heard of a legend of an abominable fish monster, perhaps. And, and then that's why they're there. down there. Yeah, I mean, she's a world-famous hunter. Yeah. But then she also said, I should have never brought you along to the other dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some tension in another storyline mm-hmm. between that. Uh, Zoe would probably show up at some point. I mean, at what point did we really make the wrong decision? I guess heading towards the water, we maybe should have hidden the flower, the water. Mm. So uh, the last was the last decision we made. That was the last decision. Mm. Okay. Well, is I think we should talk about this. Is this a bad ending? I guess technically it's not the best and it's not the worst, right? This is true. The question is, do we want to? rewind yeah we we have time maybe go back and hide in the flower just to see sure sure let's go back to the flower if you can find the flower maybe add a cool because we have time rewind sound effect. yeah like rewind sound and then we'll we'll, we're gonna check out the flower just for just for our sake and your sake we're gonna check out this flower that we thought was gonna kill us so this is a little cheating so the story that we ended up reading uh, we're going to stick with that. So that's the canon story of this episode. We ended up as the monster amphibian in the water. Um, much like last week, we try to speak, but when we talk to humans, we have a tough time doing that. Um, last episode, we touched a piece of mummy cloth and turned into a mummy. This episode, we ate some fruit and turned into a fish monster. So let's see what happens if we do jump in the flower. So this is ending. It's ended. This is some bonus rewind stuff. <laughs> For the Roach Ritual Part 2, you get some bonus content. <laughs> Barely. Yeah. You make a hard left and dive off the path. Out of sight of the hunters, you quickly slip into the giant flower. Immediately, the pink and white petals close in around you. You couldn't have asked for a better hiding place. You're totally hidden from view. The sweet smell inside the flower almost overpowers you. It makes you want to sneeze, so you hold your breath. Where did it go? James calls. This way... Gwen cries, leading the hunting party right past your hiding place. Whew, it worked. The hunters pass you by. You catch your breath and push at the flower petals with your hands and feet. It won't open up. You push harder. You strain with all your might. You scratch at the petals with your strong monster claws, but nothing works. You're trapped inside. The petals tighten around you and slowly begin chewing. That's right, chewing. Not all flowers just drink water, you know. First you were a kid. Then you were a monster. Now you're just plant food. The end. So we, we were, were right. We were right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that was the hap- a happier ending that we eating canonically. The fruit. Yeah. Eating the fruit, I guess, is was what is what put us on. So 
are two paths. Or not going out to the person that wanted to help us. That could possibly yeah. be it, too. That might have been Zoe or maybe Mrs. Weedle. But, but the last choice we had was flour or water, and we were correct, water. Yeah, that's a way better. I don't want to be killed in some flour that's boring. At no. Least he, like the, the serenity that he felt. In the into, water that you felt diving into the water yeah. was a nice moment, and it doesn't seem like he's too upset by the outcome. So yeah, that was our alternate ending, but we did make the right call. I would say I'm fine with this ending. Yes, I'm fine with being a weirdo legend. Yes, I'll tell you what. Imagine being Dude's a weirdo a legend. Le- yeah, <laughs> you are. You are lore for uh, podcasts now. Yeah. <laughs> You are lore for people who listen to podcasts like this now. We might if, because, you know, as you said, uh, I think on the last episode for my podcast, Fake Ritual, uh, we had done a few of these. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wonder if at some point we might have to, like, write our own little Goosebumps story. I would love doing that. Bringing all the storylines together. I would love doing that. Some sort of catharsis. I got to look up these. I wonder how hard these game yeah. books are to really make i don't know we could make our own game book and yeah. i'll tell you what here's the thing about that it's it'll take some time yes but if it sucks i think it'll be fine yeah <laughs> because i mean i like these these don't suck but i'm saying like it could be just as easy as oh there's fruit over there what happens if you eat it oh you're a fish like so yeah. there is so many like there is so much autonomy to what you can do in a choose your own adventure you're in a thrift store you grab a alf doll yeah I'm trying to get all my thrifty references in here you there's a roach on the floor uh, worms everywhere worms everywhere yeah 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 uh, um but while we have a little bit of time uh if you want to get some plugs out of the way i know this is your second week on the show um so tell everybody this week where you could find and listen to fake ritual yeah well if you want to just keep track of that we do have an instagram just at fake ritual uh but then every other week we put out episodes you can follow those on you know spotify stitcher google podcasts apple podcasts and what pod nods or some you know they're always creeping up Mm -hmm. certain places but uh the last we did, recently did an episode on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, and then I have an episode coming up. We're going to be doing a Stanley Kubrick episode. Did not know that. Soon. That seems fun. So yeah, we and we do mini-sodes every now and then, so just like little shorties yeah. for shorties. And if you want uh, more of me, which you probably don't, yes, and that's yes. fair, I was on Fake Ritual doing this exact same thing, and that's why we're trading off. So this haunted theater... Roach Ritual, it did not start on Thrifty. It started on Fake Ritual. But we also, you were, I believe it might have been episode 21, where it was uh, what I have deemed a fake talk, which is more of just kind of an interview. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot there. Any of the roaches listening, if they want to pop on over, pop on over and learn a little bit more about your indomitable host and. We're, we call our listeners over there fakers. Yes. So, yeah, well, there's fakers. And there's fake also been some mutual and... guests, too. Um, guests that have been on Thrifty and guests that have been on Fake Ritual. We met, uh, I guess, was it before before the pan- before the pandemic started? I think we knew of each other. Yes. Yeah. And then I had actually heard of you. We can shout out another podcast on Ghoul on Ghoul. Ghoul Your on episode Ghoul. of Ghoul on Ghoul where I think you told some like scary airplane stories. Yeah. That That's was where fun. I was like, oh, 
you have a great voice to toot your horn. I was like, I really like this person's voice. Well, thank you. And then when I realized what Thrifty was... Yeah. And then as soon as you told me you like my podcast and you wanted to come on, yeah, that's yeah, when you yeah. took a hiatus. I, yeah. <laughs> that's why I Ain't, gave up. I heard some people just have all the gave luck. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I knew um, you'd be back. Yeah, but uh That was not the end of no, your choose your own. We're still choosing our own story. adventures, both of us. We're <laughs> yes, still we choosing and then yeah, maybe eventually I'll I'll come back on. But check out Fake Ritual. Thank you for staying tuned for two episodes of Haunted Theater. Old school thrifty fans will might remember when we did this a lot more. But next week coming back, yeah, we're off to trivia once again. Will the elf deity return to be defended by Rachel? We shall see. If not, there has to be a new deity in the mix and a new thrift find. So thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. At Thrifty Podcast on Instagram is when you'll find pictures of this week's episode. Also, last week's episode, you'll see some books and a cool behind-the-scenes stuff. And for everybody else, there's really only one option. And your adventure is chosen for you. And it's to get roached.